Welcome to the Homeschool Show from North Carolinians for Home Education. Our goal is to help you homeschool with confidence and joy. I'm your host, Matthew McGill, and we have as our co-host today, Amanda Wares. Yes, hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Very good, very good, good. yeah. What do we have planned today? So today in Homeschool News, we are gonna do an inside look at our membership within CHE mm -hmm. and also talk about the vendor application for our upcoming Thrive Conference. Great. That's exciting. And then for homeschool conversations, we're going to see part of a conversation you had with Dr. Brian Ray from the National Home Education Research Institute and talk about some trends with homeschooling in light of the growth in homeschooling recently. And then you are going to give us some wisdom from the word, mm -hmm. talking about what the Bible has to say about the goal of education. That's great. And then with Homeschool Helps with Amanda, I am going to dive in further into homeschooling high school. All right. So should be a good good. Sounds time. great. Yeah. So starting off with homeschool news, I want to tell you about a field trip that's already planned for next year that hasn't been released to the public yet. That's right. Okay. We've only told our members about it. And this is Swan Lake by the Charlotte Ballet. This is all the way in May, uh, in May of next year, all right? But I wanted to let you know that what we do is we release uh, opportunity to buy these tickets to our members before we give it to the general public whenever we have that chance. And so this is one of those opportunities. So we've already had 36 of our members sign up for this and they get a little more time. Um, by the time this show comes out, it may already be available to the public so you can check it out. But if you'd be interested in something like this, if you'd be interested in getting tickets ahead of time, it is one of the very cool benefits of being a member. So if you go to nchg.com slash join, you can find out all the other advantages of being a member as well. It's only $35 uh, per year. <clears throat> which is yeah it's a great deal it is and so um anyway swan lake's coming up be looking out for that and if you want an opportunity to get in on the next uh, great field trip then you can join in chg that's awesome i'm so excited yeah. i'm trying to figure out because i don't think my 14 year old son would like oh no to go to swan lake no? but i'm trying to figure out if i can take one of my nieces and go because yeah. i really want to go that's right you gotta have a reason to go <laughs> i know i'm excited <laughs> about it all right Next, our vendor application is available for Thrive. Thrive is coming up another May of 2024. Right. It's coming up. I'm super excited. And we have already had a pretty good number of vendor applications coming in. But if the vendor wants to be for sure in that first round of selection, the deadline is October 31st. It's due. If you know of a great vendor let them know if you have a vendor you want to see in our vendor hall at thrive let them know mm -hmm, right. that the deadline's coming up so definitely if you have questions email debbie mason at debbie.mason at nche.com mm -hmm, that's right all right now next we're going to look at our homeschool conversations right. mm -hmm. so matthew had a great conversation with dr brian ray from the National Home Education Research Institute while we were at the National Homeschool Leadership Conference recently. Um, and they discussed homeschooling trends in the last few years in light of 
the history of homeschooling in the United States. So right. Let's take a look at that. Yeah. This is my annual conversation with Dr. Brian Ray from the National Home Education Research Institute. Thank you, Matthew. And I always love talking to Dr. Ray. Uh, we, we talk about the big picture. Usually, yeah. yeah. We, we talk about the, we little, the yeah. details as yeah. well. Yeah. So uh, maybe over the last year, but also, you know, since COVID as a significant marker, what kinds of things have you observed in the homeschool world? I think I've, I'm thinking about three main things. Uh, two years ago, well, well, most people know, three years ago, the number of children being homeschooled, you know, skyrocketed. Mm -hmm. You know, just bop, way up there. Something like, I don't know, people can go look at my research articles, but something like 3.7 million K-12 children, I estimate, were being homeschooled. Then two school years ago, it went down, but it was still higher than before the government lockdowns. Now, some people are kind of like on the edge of their seat. What about last year? Yeah. I don't have the estimate yet. But I'm, I'm going to mention this. Like This is just tentative. The data I have so far suggests maybe, maybe it leveled off compared to two years ago. Not went down, still higher than three years ago, but maybe went down. Now, some people are saying, no way, Brian, no way, Dr. Ray, that's not possible. Especially homeschool advocates. They say, no way, it grew, it grew, it grew. Well, there are a lot of things going on. There's a wider variety of things, shall we say, people call homeschooling. Sure. And so that that muddies the water a lot. Yeah. You know, when you have people talking about pods and micro schools, and we're going to come back to this if you let me, hybrid homeschooling, mm -hmm. uh, which really is not homeschooling, uh, but they have all these things. So I, I think this this is looking out in the future and kind of in the past, the past year. I think that's some of what we're seeing, that that's growing. So it's, it's hard to tease out all those different nuances. Uh, and I'll try to finish this estimate of numbers maybe in the next month. And, and you can play with that if you want to, you know, with NCHE or whatever you do. So we're, we're going to see. We'll, we'll yeah. see. You know, that's one thing. Secondly, we have not only have we always had for 35 to 40 years variety. People love the word diversity, right? People love that word. We've had diversity for 40 years in homeschooling. We had, philosophically, we had far left wing secular humanists who decided to homeschool, right? And we had, I hate to do stereotypes, but let's just do it, right? Far right wing Christians, people call them Bible thumpers. You know, we had a huge variety in terms of thinking, worldview, presuppositions and values and beliefs. We had a variety of pedagogical approach, you know, whether it was unschooling or relaxed homeschooling or, you know, eclectic homeschooling or structured homeschooling or little school at homeschooling. We've had all of that. So, you know, people always want a new story. That's not new. Yeah. But what we do have that's different now, and, and it's not just in the past year. We've seen this, this growth a lot in the last five years of a variety of ethnic backgrounds, which is excellent. Uh, skin colors, people with other nuances in their lives than what I already mentioned. Cultural backgrounds. Cultural backgrounds. Yeah. Language uh, differences. Language, yeah, yeah, there you go. That, that's helpful, language differences. We also have, although, although for the first 35 or so years of the homeschool movement, 
some who were critical of homeschoolers or wanted to make them look bad somehow, especially some professors, they would say, well, homeschoolers are white, rich, Christian, Christian, high education level. That was never all true. Yes, it was disproportionately white. That was the only, that was the only part, really. Uh, but we actually see now, Dr. McDill, in the data from a number of sources, the income levels are like maybe below median income. So that doesn't mean they're all poor or anything. It just means... It's, and that's not a new development? It's, it's, been, it's been showing up more and more in the last few years. Yeah. Yeah. So that is a little bit new. So we have that. Uh, what does that mean? I'm not sure, except maybe it means more people who would not have been interested before because of cultural pressures, they now feel freer to yeah, homeschool. I think it's more mainstream. It's it more just shows that this is the common, that's a, common man's That's thing. a simple way to put it. I, yeah. I would say, I don't know, a few years ago, some of my friends would say, oh, homeschooling is mainstream. And two or three years ago, I would have said, homeschooling is an option to mainstream America. Mainstream America. That's how I said it. Now... Getting closer. Maybe, getting, getting closer, closer, getting closer to saying mainstream. It's still not mainstream. Yeah, but it's almost not. cool now. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's I want to be a so. homeschooler. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. it's much more so. So so that's a change. Um, another, I, yeah, yeah. Can I mention? Uh, see if this plays in. The numbers in North Carolina, as we've discussed on this show, have been interesting because we hit about a hundred thousand families in North Carolina in 2019 pre-pandemic or lockdown as well. yeah and um that's based on the department of non-public yep. education official so, government statistics official, yep. so <clears throat> and then we we had a little spike i mean it wasn't crazy but it was i don't know i'm, I'm gonna see if i remember one hundred and twelve thousand or something i remember that vaguely yeah for north carolina um and as of now as of july of this year, we're back down to 100,000. Yeah. Now, we think that there's actually been growth, but you may know that the DNPE has been cleaning their records. Mm. So for the last year, mm. uh, there's been a major cleaning. We don't know how many they've homeschools they've closed. Interesting. But since it's static, we and, and, and they've, it's from, static from 2019, we think that, of course, some of them went back to school, but also many of those were non really not homeschoolers. Oh. So that's throwing our assessment off. Very much so. Because we don't know how much so that plays into we, it. We, as in I, as a researcher, would want to know whether you, North Carolinians, could do something like get a, what do they call that, a FOIA? Freedom mm -hmm. of Information? I would really like to know that because your. How many they. Cleaned? Yes, I want to. I want to know. So, if we go back four years ago, what's the estimate of how many of those were not really active homeschool? Yeah, that's a good home yeah. families. And then, how is there some way we could clean that up so we're comparing the old apples to apples to apples to apples to apples? Yeah. Because first of all, in science, we like truth, right? We yeah, want to know the, the truth. Facts. We want to know the facts. Secondly, your state is one of the states, and we only have. We don't have the majority of states to help me make some kind of estimate for the whole nation. North Carolina is one of them. The numbers, yeah. I'd love to know that. That'd be okay. very important. Right. Yeah.
Okay, it's time again for some wisdom from the Word. You know, one of the reasons why parents don't want to homeschool is because they're afraid that they're going to mess up their kids. Uh, they're afraid they're not going to be able to do it, right? Uh, that's very common. And it's, it's really overwhelming when you take on the educational responsibility of your children and you think, how am I going to make sure that I cover everything and make sure they know everything they need to know? Um, and it's true, it's a big responsibility. Uh, and fortunately, we, we know that with community, with God's help, with all the resources, we have the ability to do this important job. Now, sometimes we're overwhelmed and sometimes we do miss things because we can't do everything perfect. Uh, sometimes we feel like, man, I feel like this is really getting ahead of me or um, out of my control. And so I just want to encourage you to do one thing, okay? And that is to ask yourself if you're doing at least the most important thing you can do as a parent for your kids. And I would even include this in the context of home education. The most important thing you can be doing, and what is that? So we can find out by looking for some wisdom from the Word. This is a part of 1 Corinthians 8, 1 through 3, where Paul says, Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. I'm sure you've heard that before. Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. If anyone imagines that he knows something, he, doesn't, he does not yet know as he ought to know. But if anyone loves God, he is known by God. So what Paul is doing here is he is comparing knowledge with love. And he's saying love is by far the most important thing. In fact, knowledge is one of those things that can give us pride. Um, it doesn't necessarily bear the fruit in our lives that we would want it to. And the other thing is if we think we know something, um, then we don't have uh, the kind of hunger for knowledge and teachability that we need to continue to learn and grow. So what's the most important thing? The most important thing is love. And not just any love, but love by God, love to God, uh, love being known by God. So this is the most important thing. So it's a great recentering thing for me. Even when I'm not sure that all my subjects are going well, I'm not sure I'm covering all the knowledge boxes, um, which we can try to do. Um, I always want to go back to this important thing, and that is, am I helping my kids to love God and to know Him? Now, you've heard me say this before. The reason I keep saying it um, is because we often have vision drift, which means even at some point we know where we want to go, but then we start drifting off course, and then we're busy, and we're worried about the subjects, and we're not focused on the vision anymore, which is, children who know and love God. Now, some of you chose to homeschool for different reasons, and maybe this is a vision that is encouraging and fresh for you, and you realize, wait a minute, I've been focusing way too much on just the academics, and I haven't been thinking of the, about, about the spiritual condition, the spiritual success of my children uh, in knowing Jesus and making that a priority. So I hope this is a, an encouragement for you once again to get refocused and recentered on the most important things, which is love, which is knowing God. Um, continue to try to do a great job with knowledge and with the rest of your academics, um, but that is secondary to the most important thing. So let that be an encouragement and we can recommit and uh, reset ourselves uh, to this vision 
uh, to give our kids the very best that we can. Welcome to Homeschool Helps with Amanda. I'm Amanda Wares, Homeschool Helps Director with NCHE. So today we are still talking about homeschooling high school. Um, I have done segments before and said this before, but it bears repeating. In North Carolina, if you are a registered homeschool, there are no graduation requirements as far as the state goes, legally speaking. So you are the school. You, parent, are the guidance counselor. You are the teacher, the administrator. So you set those graduation requirements. That's the first thing I want you to know about homeschooling high school. Really, it's all up to you, which can feel a little bit overwhelming. So today, we're going to break down what do you do? How do you make a plan? I talked last time about making a loose four-year plan. We begin with the end in mind, right? So how do you do that? Well, I'll tell you what I did. So for my kids, I've had three that have graduated so far, and they are wildly different in their learning styles, in their motivations, and what they wanted to do after high school. So their plan looked different for all three. But let's talk first about my son that definitely wanted to go and was going to go to a four-year university. So if you have a student that is for sure, or even you think probably, is going to go to a four-year university, you want to look at a couple of different universities and what are their admission requirements. And then, so make a list, make a list of those admission requirements. They are generally pretty similar, pretty common among four-year universities, but you wanna look at them. Just get look at a couple different ones and see what their admission requirements are. Then make a list of what that is and then break that up into four years, break it up into ninth grade, 10th grade, 11th grade, 12th grade. So for me, for my son, it looked like English one, English two, English three, English four, and then algebra one, geometry, algebra two, pre-calculus, and then so on and so on with science, with the history, whatever it is. Now, within that within those requirements, there can be a lot of creativity. For example, my son was dyslexic. He really did not love to read, but he loved movies. So for his ninth grade English credit, we did a curriculum called Movies as Literature. Yes, he had to read, but he also got to watch movies along with it, and it was a lot of fun. Um, so there's a lot of creativity that can go in and flexibility into fulfilling those requirements that you make for your student. Now, if you have a student, like I did, that is probably not going to be four-year university bound, that could look a little bit different. And depending on what they're passionate about, what they're interested in, what they're gifted in. My daughter, for example, was a pre-professional ballet dancer. And she had the opportunity to have an apprenticeship with a professional ballet company. You better believe that went on her transcript as ballet performance. Um, 
another daughter, she was really involved in music one year and she spent many hours writing songs and learning about producing music and all of those things and performing music. You better believe that was on her transcript as a music credit. But once you figure out those requirements that you're going to have for your student, you break them up into four years. But then within those requirements, you can be really creative and flexible in what fulfills those requirements and those credits on your transcript. Now, I will talk in another segment about specifically creating a transcript, but I promise it's not as hard as you think. Um, and there's many, many helps out there online and otherwise to help you make that transcript. So don't be scared. Um, but again, to make those that loose for your plan, and I say loose because you don't want to be rigid and say, oh, this is what we're doing, no matter what. Maybe they need a certain number of science classes, but what science are they interested in? That's fine. If the requirement is a life science, there's several different choices within life science that they could choose which one they're more interested in. So get your student involved as well. All right, I think that's all I've got today. Really hope that helps. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Um, we would love to hear from you. Send us your questions, your ideas, your comments to the homeschool show at nche.com. And if you think this show would be great for your friends and family, there's a lot of good information here. Please tell them about it. Share, share it with them. Um, and to learn more about how to subscribe to the show, go to nche.com slash the homeschool show. That's right. And until, until next week, continue to homeschool with confidence and joy. Bye-bye.